0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Today I'm joined by Jimmy St. Louis, and Jimmy and I are going to be discussing a lot about his own life and his journey. Jimmy is someone I look up to in many ways, and is truly an incredible individual on all accounts. Whether we're talking about sporting and athletics or business and entrepreneurship and so on, Jimmy has been able to achieve success in so many different ways. And we discuss all of the different things that he's done in order to get to the point where he is today, including the fact that he's maintained the same morning routine, the same 5 a.m. wake up time since he was 12 years old. This is an amazing episode. I'm so thankful for Jimmy and the time that he was able to give us and all the insight and lessons and knowledge that I'm able to take away from someone like Jimmy. I know you guys are going to love this episode and be sure to check out Jimmy and all the amazing stuff he's doing in the description below. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Jimmy, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited to be working with you again.
1: Yeah, happy to be here, uh, Daniel. Thanks so much for... For having me and uh, congrats on you know the last year's success in your podcast and all the other great guests uh, that you've had on, on here and uh, just happy to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. As people may remember, you're no stranger to the podcast and you and I have certainly had our fair share of phone calls and text messages over the past year. But for people who maybe didn't quite catch that first episode, we did discuss in cognitive health about a year ago. Or what can you tell them about yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, so, I've spent the large majority of my career uh, focused on what I call just you know solving problems, uh, whether that is in healthcare or trying to find ways to meet unmet needs in other industries. That's really been the the focal point of, of my career. I was fortunate for about the first 12 years of my career to have a couple of startups in healthcare that were geared towards, you know, solving problems uh, first and in, uh, minimally invasive spine surgery, where we we grew a clinic from just nine employees to nearly 1500 and uh, then repeating something like that. And, and the area of pulmonary medicine or, or lung health um, and a couple other uh, spinoffs with uh, regenerative medicine focused on cognitive health. Uh, but the commonality amongst those three different companies were there was an unmet need in healthcare for patients with a form of medicine that might've been uh, you know, prime for innovation and change. And we had the chance to, to do something special with it and then to you know, market it appropriately and to, you know, bring, bring in patients and treat them and have them become happy. Um, and same thing goes with the, in more recent uh, times outside of healthcare and, and the franchising business and the sports ed tech world, uh, providing people access to information and data and research to help them make the most informed decisions about either their investments in franchising or what we did with a recent company named Versus by providing access to uh, sports training for for emerging athletes. But again, just I'm in the business of, of trying to solve problems. So wherever I pivot to next, it'll, that'll be the common theme.
0: I love that. And as you mentioned, you have done a lot of different things ranging from spinal surgery type businesses to lung health to cognitive health and franchising even. Uh, But before you got involved in all that, you had a pretty successful athletic career yourself there. You mentioned um, versus there as being kind of a new development for athletes there. But I know you personally also had a lot of athletic experience there playing for right. Auburn University football team, playing for the Titans and even competing I believe in CrossFit and rowing is that correct? And uh what what was that experience like for you?
1: Sure, yeah, um so I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm more proud of the the earlier days, you know, before I was, you know, 18, 19 years old where where it turned into a bit of a job. Um, but uh, yeah, so quickly I have had the chance to have a, you know, I'd say a mildly successful sports career, um, had a pretty good, uh, run collegiately and then, um, signed a contract with Tennessee Titans. And that was, you know, that was a fun experience, a bit of an eye-opener. Um, my, uh, my time in sports thereafter football as well carried over into a to my business career. I mean, CrossFit was, was a bit of a hobby, but it, it brought me into uh, the sport of rowing and uh, had the chance to, Go move out to California and try to make a run at the Olympics uh, in rowing and be happy to share how, how I got to that point. Um, but, you know, you talk about early on and uh, just ambitions as an early athlete. <clears throat> Something I really enjoyed was moving all over the country and my parents were both in, in the military and uh, sports gives you the chance to immediately meet new people and to form bonds with them. So I've got lifelong friends from all 13 states I lived in and uh, all the sports were played but I grew up in Seattle uh running track and cross country where uh out there track and cross country is about as big as football in the south uh, so had that nice uh endurance uh, base and uh then fell in love with with the sport of basketball and um you know played in high school had the chance to play in college but decided to pursue uh football um instead and um And although I was a multi-sport athlete, I played football for all five years in basketball just for that first year. But the point being is uh, enjoy trying new things, uh, new challenges and um, having the chance to, to experience uh, new things in sports and ultimately it surrounds you with good, hardworking, motivated people. And I believe a lot of what you learn in sports gets carried over into the business world and um, was fortunate enough to have the chance to do some of those things simultaneously.
0: Yeah, definitely. You hit on so many amazing points. I mean, I'm kind of scratching my head here. How'd you go from cross country runner to D1 football star? I mean, that's, uh, those are two opposite ends of the spectrum there, Jimmy. Um, But it's, uh, it's certainly amazing to see what you've been able to accomplish in so many different sports, nonetheless.
1: Well, you know, it's funny, see, so when we moved to the state of Alabama, um, didn't really know a lot about uh, the, the pride of college football in the state of Alabama. Although when we lived in Seattle, that was when University of Washington was, you know, had the, had the, the Heward brothers and they were, you know, the best team in the country year in and year out. So had the chance to see football at that level there. Um, so, but long story short, when I was living in Alabama, I actually moved there. I was probably six feet tall and probably 160 pounds, uh, all-state cross-country runner and uh, and yeah, same thing in in track and middle distance. And what got me hooked with football was it was going into my junior year and I was just in the gym playing basketball and the football coach walked up and said, hey, you know, should you should come out and play football. I said, you know, I, I can't, it's, it's right in the, it's cross-country season, right? So you've got you know, fall is cross-country season. And he said, Well, if you do both, I've got it set up with the cross-country coach. You can do your 5 a.m. cross-country practice. You can do your afternoon football practice. You can lift weights in between Friday night, you'll play a football games. Saturday morning you'll wake up and you'll go to your cross-country mates. And I said Uh, That sounds like that could be a lot of fun. Uh, It sounds like it's gonna be, you know, a lot of work. And he said, well, you could break the all time school record for most varsity letters uh, with with 14. And I said, all right, I'm in. So he just, (laughs) that's all it took, huh? A a young kind of stubborn um, teenage boy who thought he could do anything. And uh, so I did it. And I would spend you know, every morning uh, at cross-country practice. Um, My coach, uh, Coach uh, Calvert, was very committed. Even when we didn't have the 5 a.m. practices, he would show up, and I'd practice without the team just so I could practice football in the afternoons. And Friday night, we played football games. And if it was an away game, I would um, hop in the car with my dad, We'd get a hotel at the place where the cross country meet was the next morning, and uh, we'd stay there. And I'd show up as the team got off the bus, we'd get warmed up and we'd race. And uh, I'd do that for, you know, for the whole, the whole fall semester. And um, it taught me a lot, taught me a lot about balancing time. Of course, taught me a ton about nutrition, Um, but it also taught me that um, really what we're capable of is as people um, where it could seem like it's a bit wild to take on that type of schedule. But I'll tell you, it was really pivotal for for me. It uh, really helped me feel very confident that there is no amount of work that will be too much. And um, I'd say, as I get a little bit older, I'm wanting to temper myself a little better, but it was definitely uh, a super positive learning experience. And uh that work ethic and, and base plus just taking a chance and just going and doing something is what I carried into the rest of my sports career, whether it was in rowing or in football or in CrossFit. It was really just geared towards the only way you're gonna know if you can accomplish something is if you just get started and do it. And um, if you fall on your face, that's okay. At least you uh, you know, at least you took the chance to to go and do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that analogy. And You know, as you were talking earlier, you mentioned about the overlaps between sports and athletics and the business world. I couldn't help but think you've probably had a few 5 a.m. mornings and a few late nights because of building the businesses that you've built. And I'd imagine doing that from an early age and being set in kind of a routine almost of I get up, I put in the work, I go to school after school, I lift weights, I do practice, you continue to put in the work. I mean, that's what it takes to be successful in any endeavor of life, but business especially.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. So scheduling wise, uh, nothing has changed since I was 12 years old, uh, whether it's you know the a little bit of the lack of sleep or the early mornings. Uh, I tend to think that the most productive time of the day is when nobody else is is uh, communicating with you, and it's when the world, the rest of the world, is asleep. So you know sometimes that's a three thirty or four a.m. Sometimes it's a two a.m. to four a.m. Then go back to sleep for an hour or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I love to work when the rest of the world is quiet uh, or asleep. It gives you the chance to to think. One thing I really have had to focus on in terms of balancing, uh, you know, the three most important things in life with you know career family and your health um, was learning that taking care of yourself and that time balance is great. But what's most important is learning how to exercise your brain. And if you are stressing yourself out by working 18 hours a day, but you're not taking the time during that 18 hours of work to think and think strategically and think smartly, then you just get stuck in a hamster wheel. And I've really, over these last couple of years, worked really hard to take those pauses in the middle of the day, block out the time, and not even just for, say, meditation or yoga or exercise, but really just to think, where are you as a business professional? Where is your business? Where are the challenges? Those times can be some of the most critical times that you spend on your business. And that's something I've learned and really worked hard to emphasize here over over just these uh, last couple of years.
0: Yeah, definitely. Being able to, you know, be in the middle of a situation and almost like step back, hit the pause button for a second and assess everything that's going on around you. Sometimes that stillness or that still moment can be the key to unlocking the, uh, the I'll say, the path that you need in order to accomplish the goals that you've laid out for yourself moving forward. Um, and that's something you even see that with football, right? After every play, what happens? The offense resets and they get ready for the next one. Um, so sometimes we forget that in life. We get so caught up in the present moment that we forget to hit that reset button. And you're right. We can you know, get stuck on that hamster wheel of life, as you were saying. Um, now, how did that going back to that hamster wheel analogy? It certainly seems like you were doing a lot in the realm of athletics and sports at an early age where it probably felt like one thing to the next, to the next, to the next over and over again. How were you able to keep yourself on track during that time in order to in order to uh, you know achieve the success that you ultimately wanted to achieve? Did you have a set direction in mind for athletics, or was it you know uh, strictly for fun? And if you had that direction, how'd you keep yourself on task with it?
1: Yeah. So one thing that was always been important to me is as you set your goals, uh, share them with people that you care about that will cheer you on, that will be there to support you, uh, but that will also hold you accountable. So I've always believed in being proud of the goals that you set and sharing them uh, with Everyone and everyone's going to have different advice. Maybe it's just them cheering you on. Hey, how's things going? Checking in on you. But it could be that one day where you're sitting there, you're exhausted. You're not really loving what you're doing. You're questioning the choice and the goal that you set. And you could have a friend who calls just to check in and say, hey, how's that going? You know, That was so cool that you set on this particular goal, whatever that might be. Um, the greatest example was, was in rowing. It was at a, a strange time. You know, I was in my mid thirties. Uh, I decided to pursue the sport. Uh, I had the, the endurance base and had the support of the U S team, but they said, you know, you've got to learn this sport. You know, you can be fit and you can be tall and you can um, have all the right uh, physical characteristics, but this is going to take a lot of work. You're, you're cramming a lifetime of learning into a year or two here So when I decided to go out and do that, I mean, I shared it with my family. I shared it with people I was working with. So I shared it with our business and with our board and they were excited. And because of that, those phone calls and those check-ins always kept me motivated um, because I felt like I was doing it for a bigger purpose. Uh, So that said, I think the summary of that really is, I don't believe I've done any of these things, just because I personally thought they were a good goal. It was something that I thought I could share with others and have an experience with, with others. And, um, to me and any other things I've looked at and, and passed on, it was because maybe it felt selfish. It didn't really feel like, you know, like it was trying to accomplish it for a bigger purpose. And, um, that commonality are the things that, uh, that kept me going towards, towards pursuing some of these, uh, you know, these. These bigger picture things.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think there's even an expression, you know, when you feel like stopping, you just gotta sometimes turn around and look who's watching you because you'd be amazed at what your own actions day in and day out can inspire, not just in yourself, but in all of those around you. And sometimes that's what keeps us moving forward is the fact that what we do is having a positive impact on all of those around us, either locally or even on a broader sense, like you've accomplished through your businesses and all of your other endeavors there in life. Um, Would you say, uh, this is a topic I like to bring up to a lot of people, would you say that you've ultimately been successful at what you've set out to do? And if so, how do you personally define success? Because I feel like everyone kind of has a slightly different definition behind the term success.
1: For me, so the question, have I been successful? Um... You know, for some of these things, I think that you want to measure them with a the scoreboard uh, right away. In business, I mean, a lot of it is have you been successful financially? I mean, you go into business to to make an impact, and to and that can be in a number of ways: impact your customers or patients, uh, impact the teammates, right? Impact the investors, and a lot of those things. You know, it's interesting. Where so long story short, yeah, I'd say I've I've been successful. But when I look back at even our biggest win in business, I'd say fast forward, there's some challenges some things I've learned that I would want to be sure that we don't carry over into our next business. And that's not just at the tactical level. You know, I'll give you an example. When we uh, were so successful with the Laser Spine Institute, uh, we saw that we grew the number of employees and teammates very, very quickly. And because there was so much success as long as you were affiliated with that organization, you you were looked at as a high performer. And what we started to see was there's a, towards the end, a little bit of focus lost towards teaching people the basic fundamentals to go on afterwards and to thrive. And so a lot of people were successful in leveraging uh, the fact that they worked there to land big jobs and they may not have been as prepared for those big jobs. and. The challenge is when you're put in a senior leadership position and you truly aren't prepared for that big job, it takes some time when a company decides to commit to you. It takes some time to to see the shortfalls. And I would say now we've probably seen equally as many success stories as stories that have not worked with leaders who have gone on because we didn't equip them as well. And so it's interesting that I say, yeah, great home run opportunity, you know, chance of a lifetime to have uh, such a great, fun, successful business to run and operate. But on the other hand, there's some things long-term that I look at and say maybe not quite as much of a success. But I'd say as long as being a mission-driven leader, as long as the mission is accomplished, then it's going to be considered a success. And in some of those Winning means having a successful business. It can mean growing your teammates. It can mean you've solved the problem for the consumer or the or the patient. And I'd say we, we did that in healthcare for sure. In um, other areas of business, I'd say that the, uh, the jury is still out. We have a lot of work to do in front of us in, in the franchise business still. Um, you know, There's uh, a lot of work to do in terms of solving the problem by providing a single source of truth for franchise buyers. And until we see a, a lot more success in franchise startups than we see in the current industry, I'd say we haven't made a big dent. Um, now, on the other side with sports, <clears throat> that's just about an experience. And I see success in sports is about gaining that experience and that fun uh time because at the end of every season in any sport there's typically only one happy team and you could have 32 teams in the nfl and there's only going to be one team that doesn't end their season losing a game or being disappointed in college basketball you know you take march madness and i think it's 68 teams now that, that make the tournament and uh, 67 of them are going to end their season by losing a game. And only one is going to end their season on a four game winning streak. And so when you start to measure your success on winning and losing, a lot of time you're setting yourself up for failure. And I tend to think for those things, a lot of it really is just about the experience.
0: Yeah, I love that take on success there. And I think you're right. A lot of times we kind of can find success to numbers or outcomes when in reality success is so much more than that. It can be falling in love with a certain sport or taking lessons from a sport that you enjoy and applying them to business and life on a much broader scale. I love your definition and I love your take on success. And you know, I uh, I think that everyone defines it differently, as I said before. And there's not ever really one right or wrong answer to success. But I love how hearing how other people define it over and over again constantly makes myself change my own definition of what it means in order to be successful in life.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of it, as as we've said, it can be measured different ways. But I think the one thing I've learned more recently is to just work to not set yourself up for failure. And that doesn't mean don't set lofty goals, but just set realistic, attainable goals that will make you happy and proud. Um you know, I was listening to uh to Joe Rogan this morning actually. Uh and they were talking about a gentleman who became famous and a lot of it he became famous by misrepresenting uh you know, who he is. And the problem wasn't I mean the problem is lying, but the the bigger problem wasn't the misrepresentation. It was giving people an unrealistic perspective of reality and setting people up for failure because they believed that they can make it to where he did and they thought he did it honestly and he did it dishonestly. And what you're really doing there is you're setting people up for failure because people believe that uh, you can achieve this sports accolade with out cheating. And the stuff he did, I mean, was just, you know, he he was cheating. And I think that when you're set up for failure like that, it's, it's a tough road. So that's why I think it's important to set realistic goals. You know, take, for example, somebody wants to stop a habit, say stop eating sugar. Um, the goal really shouldn't be stop eating sugar. The goal should be, um, Celebrate the fact that you've moderated your intake because it's not realistic. Usually to just cold turkey, quit something forever. And what you're really doing at that point in time is you're setting yourself a bit up for failure. So just work hard to set realistic goals and then take the small wins as you go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. As you were talking there, um, I realized that it's not unique to one individual being dishonest in how they've achieved success. There's been a lot of other individuals that we see almost commonplace anymore on social media who are claiming that they get their results from X or Y, when in reality, they're using Z, uh, which is not even in the picture. And I can't help but wonder, you know, what kind of impact is that going to have on the next generation of athletes the younger ones who are growing up and seeing all of this stuff on social media and that's all they know day after day after day i mean is there is is there a good way in your mind to kind of develop the next generation of athletes without exposure to that type of stuff or should we be you know avoiding exposure to individuals who are dishonest um for the next generation of athletes or how should they go about kind of developing themselves
1: I mean, I think it's important in any area of life, and we'll just say in particular sports, to help always paint the picture as to what reality is. And I think a long time ago it was trying to paint the picture that only X percentage of people make it to the pros. Um, but that became a bit of um, you know, a, a debilitating thing to say because you know then what you're really doing is you're demotivating people so it's about you got to find that right balance of keeping people motivated but help them understand that there's bigger wins than just making it all the way to the most elite level um the other thing is as you mentioned with in social and social media a lot of the challenges you know you only see things typically at their best and that's like the cream of the crop, right? So you might see somebody that has an amazing an amazing feat of strength and you're just getting started being a weightlifter and you look at it and saying, gosh, how could I ever be there? I compete, you know, I'm competing against this type of person. And instead of setting those those small wins that make you feel good as well. I really think a lot of the biggest challenge that we face right now is people don't set goals for a bigger purpose and they set goals for perception and it makes it hard for people to be humble and explain when they fail and if you can't explain when you fail you're not going to have very many motivated mentors around you to help you want to be successful if you don't have very many motivated mentors around you, not many people achieve success alone. And so I think a lot of that is being humble and understanding that there's going to be, you know, failures, and those things are okay. And in fact, those things should really be applauded um, because it gives you the chance to to grow and learn and and be mentored. And you, when you get people rallying around you, you have a obviously a much higher likelihood for success.
0: Definitely, definitely, you know, as they say, it takes a village and I've heard the expression Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, I've heard a lot of different analogies like that, but ultimately, if you want to succeed at anything, whether that be sport or business, it is the team that you build around yourself that makes you successful. Um, I, I like to think that while there are many people who can have an amazing impact they can't play every position at the same time. You know. Um, you look at great athletes like Albert Pujols or Derek Jeter or uh, you know Michael Jordan, any athlete, and they never win the games alone. MJ had Scottie Pippen. Derek Jeter had the entire Yankees roster behind him and so on. So even though they are phenomenal athletes, they don't make up the entire team. And I think that's often forgotten today, especially, is everyone feels like that they are going to be self-made in business. They're going to be self-made as an athlete. They're going to do everything themselves. And while I love the effort, it would be great if we could just kind of direct it into a more of a collaborative approach in my mind to help everyone win and be successful instead of just one person overclocking themselves to do things for themselves. And as you mentioned, that kind of takes away the purpose from it a little bit because now you're doing everything for you instead of all the other people around you. You're kind of missing out on the external impact that your actions can have.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there's not, it's funny you realize how little the world cares about what you're doing. (laughs) Um, I mean, it just, there's very few people that every move they make matters to the world every day. And even though you can make your goal and your ambition the center of your own universe, that's not the center of anybody else's and you may be in the limelight for a little bit until you are forgotten the next flavor of the month is around and so i think a lot of this is don't take things too seriously and i've still fall victim to that though i mean i'm always when i see something and like it i mean i'm gonna go all in and it's I have to take a pause to realize that even the mentors around you, they're cheering for you, but they have their own stuff going on in life uh, as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's the same thing that happens. You can see that in a number of sports. I mean, sure. If you're a Tom Brady or a Michael Jordan or any of those people care about what you do every day, but other than a very small list of people, typically your world is not as important to others as you might think. And, I think that don't take these things too seriously is I I think an important piece of advice that I've certainly not come up with. I've gotten it from my own mentors and it's, you know, that's what helps you to care about working with other people and people want to care about working with you because you realize that you need to show just as much interest in what they're doing uh, as they're showing in what you're doing.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, you have to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and kind of walk around in them before you start asking for things. And I think it emphasizes the point of giving back too, is, you know, if all you ever do in life is take, then you're probably not going to live as fulfilled of a life, in my opinion, as you would if you're able to give back and help someone else with what they do. Um, And to give an example of that, there's a few individuals that are very well known that I've worked with on the podcast that I still keep in touch with and I say, you know, what can I do to help you? usually a couple times a year. Um, what can I do to help you? What can I do to give back to you? Because I, I really haven't been able to give a whole lot to them. Sure, I gave them, you know, we did a podcast episode or two together, but compared to what they've done in their um, you know, own endeavors in life, whether that be an NFL or business or you know, the works, Um, It's very small in comparison versus the amount of time that they were able to give me to do podcasts and mentor me and connect with me. Um, You know, that's something that's intangible. It's invaluable. And you can't really put a price on their time because they have very little of it with the amount, with the uh, schedules that they have. So I think always looking to give back to whoever you're working with is another essential thing. Um, and and that's regardless of where you're at in life, even if you're, you know, just a young high school athlete listening and you're, you know, kind of like, what can I do right now? Like you can find ways to get involved in your local community. You can find ways to start taking actions to better those around you. And if you start when you're young, that's only going to have a further domino or snowball effect later on into your life.
1: Yeah, there's, um, there's a really good book, Adam Grant. I think Cheryl Sandberg wrote the the forward for us called Give and Take, and it talks about really actually the the economics of of giving, and those that are more uh, likely to give have a much higher likelihood of success as well, and it could be the stories from the last twenty dollars in your wallet, uh, and how somehow that and that gets you know paid forward and ultimately benefits you or just the, the giving mentality, because that, you know, that's what makes people want to help you succeed as well. Realizing that, you know, there's a bigger purpose in life than personal net worth and success. So that's something that I think a lot of people need the reminders of. I I do. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so that, that's a lot of it is just being intentional about it and just understanding how important that is. Um, there is, a, you know, a lot of kind of the, Newer psychology books now, I mean, are, are really settling on. And we, we, you know, we'll never know the human brain, but they're settling on the fact that we can't um, change how we are born and how our brain is wired. And there's going to be people that are going to be more selfish, just naturally. And you just cannot help that. And so, but what what you can help is you can still help being intentional and trying to find ways to set those reminders and set those as annual goals and making those priorities uh, for you as well. And um, that you get a lot of self-fulfillment by um, helping others. And it's something that, that we really work hard to emphasize.
0: And you, you never know when things are going to come full circle for yourself either. I just think back to uh, when I worked recently with Dr. Fam. And we discussed his journey from, you know, he immigrated to the United States during the Vietnam War. He was born in Vietnam. And the individual that set up the uh, camp that he was placed in temporarily while he was going through the process of coming from Vietnam to America, uh, the individual who set that up ended up becoming one of his patients after he became a cardiothoracic surgeon. Uh, So it's amazing how some of those little things that you might have to do day to day for job or work or whatever uh, can really come all the way around later on in life. So I I like to say, you know, don't take things too seriously, but also recognize that your actions or lack thereof can literally, um, you know, impact someone for the rest of their life.
1: Yeah, it certainly will. Yeah. So that's, uh, you, you get those reminders as you get older and you touch base with, with friends or uh, people that you haven't talked to in a while. And it's interesting, their, their memories of you will be things that you've just never remembered. I mean, things from, Oh, you remember when you were in town and we went and had dinner here and you think like, I, I didn't, I, I don't recall that, but, but I do recall other memories. And so, yeah, a lot of it really is. It's interesting as you gain more experiences in life, the the memories that people form of you. Um, if you're take the time and you are diligent about asking and staying in touch with with old friends, uh, you can you can definitely learn a lot about how your words uh, can impact a lot of people.
0: Definitely, definitely. Now, Jimmy, I don't think it's a secret, but I think the world of you, I think you've been very successful and I really appreciate everything that you've done for me. And we've talked a lot about success here. But I can't help but feel that there's an opportunity cost to success. There's always something that needs to be given up in order to get to where you want to be in life. So for you and where you're currently at, has there been anything that you've had to kind of sacrifice in order to get to where you are now? And is there anything that you would want to educate kind of the next generation on as far as, you know understanding the, um, I'll say the pros and cons to their actions as it relates to success.
1: Yeah, you know, I think a a lot of what gets people stuck is uh, when you get stuck in, say, a a job or financial situation where where you you need something. And oftentimes that could, let's say you're you're in a job that um, you have to have the job, you don't love the job. It's an interesting dynamic because oftentimes you'll hear people say, hey, I'm I'm staying in the job because I need it until I find something new. And oftentimes what takes place is you're spending all your time doing that job and you're not spending time thinking critically, creating connections, um, looking for other opportunities. And unless you go all in and are willing to make the sacrifices and even some of the setbacks, it's difficult to find that next dream opportunity. Uh, you see a lot of you see it in sales uh, for example you see a lot of people in sales get stuck in a job where they were super ambitious and they had great connections and some sales started to come in and then the sales aren't coming in next thing you know and what happens then you start to get desperate and you pursue any and all opportunity and it becomes a bit of that 80 20 rule um so you know it's just it's a challenge I think and so what I would say is, it's going to be a bit of generic advice, but for early on listeners, and I've, I've got some younger siblings, so I've given them this advice, is you really only have one chance to set the tone for your career. So do not take a job just because it's a job. When you're fresh out of college, you're ready to start your career. Be patient. Wait until you find the opportunity that's going to set you on the right trajectory, whether it's career goals or whether it's financial That's very important. You very rarely see somebody take a job for, uh, you know, say, uh, lower wage, 30,000, 40,000 a year, and a year later they're making triple that. Usually you see a slow kind of tick up. And if money is important to them, it's it's hard to do, but it's more important to be patient and look for that real opportunity that you can be extremely passionate about. Um, that passion early on is going to lead to you know, wild amounts of success. Like you'll hear about, you know, twenty years later, a guys running the company and he was the, you know, he was the, you know, the the custodian or the groundskeeper, but he knew the company well. You know, people loved him. He understood company culture, and he was able to be elevated to you know the highest level in that company. So I think that's that's something very interesting. <clears throat> um, and as you get older, when you have a family and the the pressure's on, I think it's important to have spent the time and effort early on to where you can enjoy the other things in life that you've really been set out on. So um, yeah, no one's gonna always know the. The, the purpose of life, but I do believe one of them is to be able to give back and whether that is giving back to friends, family members, your own children, um, you know, sharing in that type of experience with your spouse. Um, I think you're only really set up for success if you put the time and effort in early on. Um, so, uh, I don't have a, a lot of regrets. In fact, I don't really have, I think any, um, because you can look back at them as life's experiences and have very rarely um, made the same mistake twice. And uh, I tend to think if we're going to make tons of mistakes, as long as you don't repeat them, then you're likely set
0: up for success. No, that's great advice, Jimmy. And I I completely agree that you can't go through life with a catcher's mitt in both hands. Um, As Maya Angelou says, you need to be able to uh, throw something back for other individuals. And I agree to that opportunity tends to get missed by people when they're young because you know sometimes it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work um yeah. but you have to be willing to you know get your hands a little dirty sometimes and put in the time and effort and energy that it takes in order to get where you want to go um, you know I found that I've learned this very quickly that even though I've got a doctorate degree I don't know everything there is to know at 25 years old. And I have a lot left to learn. And if I don't put in the time and effort and energy it takes to do that right now, and I just kind of close myself off and say, well, you know, I've got my degree. I know everything there is to know and just kind of close doors instead of open them. Then sure, I might make out well right now financially, but that's not going to lead me to the success that I would want in the future and even on a more important side, it's not going to allow me to impact people the same way I would want to impact people on a day-to-day basis. I don't think a lot of good comes from being closed-minded. I think a lot of good comes from being open-minded and constantly learning, but also holding yourself accountable and being willing to admit when you've made a mistake and own up for your actions or lack thereof in a situation. And I think the more you can do that at a young age, the better off the rest of your life will be. Um, and again, my my talk there is more on theory. Yours is based on a lot more experience, Jimmy.
1: So I read there's a most recent article in Inc. magazine with uh with Damon John, and he talks about his rise to success. And one of the keys was he never shuts the door on on anyone or at any opportunity. And also that he just takes lessons learned from everyone, including toxic people. You know, I think you hear a lot of advice, don't surround yourself with toxic people. I personally um, keep a very small um, group of people around me that I'm close with. i typically difficult to get to know. Um, and I learned a lot from him because he's able to look at things positively and look at things as a um, as a positive learning experience. If someone treats him poorly, he often just asks himself what might've happened in that person's life to lead them to, to that point. And it's an interesting way to, to look at it. You know, I think that although you want to be around good energy and positive things, we can learn a lot from, from, you know, all different types of people and whether it's a good interaction or bad interaction, we have the chance to learn something.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, Jimmy. That's a uh, great insight and great advice. As we kind of start to wrap up and close out here, do you have any closing thoughts or closing remarks or anything else that you want our listeners to take away today?
1: Well, you know, you asked the question about, about some of the regrets and uh, I think I've gotten a little bit lucky, uh, but I would say if there were any any regrets, it's when you get tied to having to need the the need for success financially, that's when everything really starts to change. And it usually doesn't change for the better. Being hungry and being willing to work tirelessly and be able to make the sacrifices, um, that's not a fortune that everyone has the chance to to see and to have. Um, And so I tend to think, do the work early on. Uh, Don't tie yourself down with, too many uh, financial uh, requirements and, uh, and needs, whether that's, you know, you've got the, you know, the home or the, you know, the first time you get a paycheck, you see a lot of, uh, you know, athletes suffer from this. They start to spend the money and then, then they have to have it. Then you have to have the job and you may not like your job, but you get stuck to it. And so I think a lot of it is make the sacrifices early on, on uh, save so you can enjoy, uh, you know, the life later on, when you start to, get the family and the, you know, all the other financial requirements uh, as well. So that's something I've definitely learned. Um, And uh, I'm in a position now where I really get a lot of fulfillment. I've, you know, meeting people like you and you've introduced me to some other cool people that have been on the podcast. And I just like to surround myself with, with what I call growth oriented, growth minded people. That's to me the most important thing. If you want to thrive and surround yourself with good people Ask yourself if they're growth oriented and growth minded and you're likely going to be in very good company if so.
0: Yeah, right. You have to watch your circle because you'll become just like them. I think uh, there might have been a saying at one point, too, if you befriend uh, five millionaires, then you'll be the sixth or something like that. Um, so yeah. that is definitely great advice, Jimmy, uh, for yeah. people who want to keep in touch with you or, you know, check out all the amazing things that you mentioned earlier that you're doing in the world of business and franchising and all of that sort of thing, where can they find you at?
1: Sure. So, um, we, uh, you know, find me on LinkedIn, uh, you know, just uh, Jimmy St. Louis, just look me up on LinkedIn. Um, we do have our, you know, uh cognitivehealthandwellness.com website membership based program up and running franchise123.com you know up and running uh, as well and you know lots of visitors there so feel free to to check us out there but would love for any listeners to to reach out directly would love the chance to to grow a network here as well and you know find me on linkedin and would love the chance to chat
0: Yeah, definitely. We will link to all of that below in the description too. So if you didn't quite catch that, you can just click there. Jimmy, as always, it's a pleasure. Thank you again for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Daniel. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend, subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.